Our reading today is from Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 26 to 40. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be, ba why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Great, so now Karina's going to come up and speak to us and we'll just pray for you, Karina. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you have put on Karina's heart this week to be sharing with us. I thank you for her faithfulness in listening to you and, and preparing what uh, you want to speak to us. And we just ask that um, everything that you want to say to us, we'd have open ears to hear. Um, and anything that, that we don't need to take with us this week, you'd just allow to drop away. Just thank you for the blessing that Karina is to us this morning. Amen. Good morning. Um, so this morning, as you've had in the reading so far today, we're going to be looking at the idea of trying to make encounters count. So encounters that count. Um, and you'll see on the first slide that um, encounters or chance meetings or meetings that happen are something that often grip the minds and hearts of lots of people. You, 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 I know people, for example, that because of a, a meeting, they've ended up getting married to each other or, or because of, of something happening in a particular way, um, their life has changed forever. And um, Hollywood and lots of people will talk about these all the time. The thing is, as Christians, we, we're not, we don't believe in serendipity. I'm not going to say that word again because it took me a long time to practice saying that today. Um, or fate or chance. And I, I believe really strongly that actually, very often encounters that, we, that happen to us are because the Holy Spirit wants us to do something. He wants us to make those encounters count. 
And I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes I don't always make the best of them. I've often met somebody in the supermarket and then afterwards thought, oh, I should have said that. Or sometimes I've spoken to somebody and, and I really want to pray for them there and then, but I feel a bit scared. And I think actually, I'll, I'll pray for you later, but really what I probably should do is pray for them there and then. And I'm sure we've all done that. And really what today's talk is about is actually how do we make encounters that count? How do we be like Philip or the Ethiopian in the story today and make that encounter count? Um, so what we're going to do, because it's a age service today, um, and although there aren't many children here this morning, there might be some children watching at home, so we're just going to watch a little YouTube clip of the story, just so, just so we're all familiar with the story and what happened here today. So hopefully lovely Andy is going to put on the YouTube clip. It's only a few minutes. The stories of the Bible, Philip and the Ethiopian. This is Philip, Hello. who was one of Jesus' disciples. Yep. Philip preached the good news of Jesus in many places. One day, an angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, Go south down the desert road. So Philip started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. The man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning to Ethiopia. He was in his carriage reading the book of Isaiah out loud. Hey there. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Okay, I can do that. Philip ran over and heard the man reading and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, How can I, unless someone teaches me? Come on up here. And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Those parts here. The Ethiopian asked Philip, Tell me, was Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this scripture in Isaiah, Philip told the Ethiopian the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water. Wait, 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 hold on. And the Ethiopian said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. Stop. And they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and took him to another town. The Ethiopian never saw Philip again, but went on his way rejoicing. <laughs> I like the little, yeah, the rejoicing at the end is good. Um, so, um, so basically, that is an example of an encounter. The Ethiopian in his chariot doing his thing on his journey and Philip. And what we're going to be looking at today, if I can just have the next slide, Andy, please, is that actually we believe as Christians that life is not merely coincidences, that encounters happen for a reason. And actually, if the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and in, at work in the lives of others, how do we make every encounter count? How do we make sure that we are ready to make that encounter count? How do we listen to the Holy Spirit so that we make those encounters count. And actually, we never know who we're going to meet. It could be something, we could be the encounterer, as like Philip in this story, who helped the Ethiopian. We might be the encounteree. I know those aren't real words, but they are for me. And, and actually, you, we might be the person that needs the help. And you never know which of those two people you're going to be when you're that, in that encountering situation. And it happens all the time. So if I could just have the next slide, please, Andy, thank you. So in our story today, we've got Philip, we've got our Ethiopian. We're going to stick with these two pictures for these, for these people today. Um, and what we're going to build up to think about is the fact that they both were really bold. They both were really open. 
And what they did was they allowed the Holy Spirit to open their eyes, to open their ears, and to open their mouths. And that's the theme that we're going to be following with both of these characters today. They allowed the Holy Spirit to open their eyes, their ears, and their mouths. So if we just go to the next slide, and we're going to start with Philip. So this is Philip. He's been told by an angel to go on a desert road and see and, and bump into this Ethiopian. And behind the obvious bravery of Philip to do this and the obedience of Philip to do this, I just want to take a moment and think about what was really happening for Philip at this time. So this is in Acts chapter 8. If you look back to the previous chapter, Acts chapter 7, Stephen has just been stoned to death. So things are not looking good for Christians at this time. Okay, and he would have known about that. The Christians were being persecuted. Um, it wasn't the rosiest of times to be a Christian. It wasn't the rosiest of times to, to be a follower of Jesus. There were lots of risks that were being taken and Christians were being persecuted. Now, he was then told to go and walk on a desert road. And he does that, he's obedient. Now, he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know by walking on that desert road whether he was going to end up being stoned to death. He didn't know whether by going on that road he was going to meet somebody who was going to arrest him. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he was obedient. He did as he was told. So behind the obvious story, I would imagine he was a bit scared. Um, and, and when he sees the Ethiopian, he's no, really, no real match for the Ethiopian. Here's Philip, this ordinary person, and there's this Ethiopian on this chariot, probably with a quite a big entourage. You know, he was a treasurer for the queen. He had a lot of servants, lots of riches, lots of money. They were not exactly a match as he re reaches this chariot. But he was on a mission and he was focused, a bit like in the song that we sang, we want to see Jesus lifted high. That was Philip's mission. He knew that's what he was, that was, that was his job, that was his focus, that was what he was there to do. And he was just being obedient. So how did he make this encounter count? How did he not be scared and make it count? Well, he opened his eyes, he opened his ears, and he opened his mouth. Well, the Holy Spirit did that through him. So first of all, he opened his ears. The Holy Spirit opened his ears, so he was able to hear God speak to him so that he could go on this walk. And I think what's really interesting is when he runs alongside the chariot, he doesn't just start preaching the gospel at the Ethiopian. He listened. He listened to what the Ethiopian was reading. And then he asks a question. He says, do you understand what you're reading? So he allowed the Holy Spirit to open his ears to listen to what was being read, and then to open his mouth so that he could speak. And when he was invited onto the chariot, um, I believe really strongly that the Holy Spirit opened his eyes to see this Ethiopian in the same way that God saw the Ethiopian. And we're gonna come onto that in a little bit. But actually, he looked at this Ethiopian who had all this wealth, all these riches, had this job to do, um, and yet he was able to speak through the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had opened his eyes to see the Ethiopian in a new way. And not to see the Ethiopian as this rich official who was clearly going to Jerusalem to worship, you know, had lots of good things going for him, but actually being able to say, do you know what? I'm gonna let God speak through me and I'm gonna let God, let me see this person in the same way as God sees this person. And then he opens his mouth and he speaks. And, and I, in this passage, I find it really interesting. It doesn't say what he said, and I kind of wish it did. Do you ever find that when you read the Bible that you, you wish you knew a little bit more? Because it says, and he shared with him the gospel, and he explained that it was talking about Jesus in this passage from Isaiah. And then the Ethiopian says, I want to be baptized. So whatever he said was brilliant, wasn't it? It was perfect, and it had the desired effect. How many times have we spoken to somebody about being a Christian about, or about following Jesus? 
I don't think it's never ha it may have happened to you, but it's never happened to me that at the end of that conversation they look at me and say, "Let's get baptized there and then." Be amazing if it did. But that's what happened. And I just think he must have said something so profound. So he allowed the Holy Spirit to speak through him and to really be unashamed of the gospel. And I think that's what he was. I think he was unashamed of the gospel. I think he was very bold in what he said. And he just said it as it was. He, maybe he told his personal story. Maybe he talked about the fact that actually, as being a follower of Jesus, you're accepted into a community. So Philip opened his, allowed the Holy Spirit to open his eyes, open his ears, and open his mouth. So now let's look at the Ethiopian and see what things were like for him. So if we can have the next slide. Here's our Ethiopian. On the outside, this guy looks quite happy. He's a treasurer, he's got a good job. He's highly trusted and valued. He's wealthy. I would imagine he was quite wealthy or well looked after at least, if not wealthy in his own right. Quite powerful, a lot of loyalty. Behind the smile though, I'm not quite sure how happy he really was. Because if you read the passage, he was an Ethiopian eunuch, which probably meant that he had his whole life had been given to looking after the treasures for the queen of Ethiopia. His whole life was dedicated to that. And without going into the ins and outs of it all, um, he had made some big sacrifices. He was never going to have children. He was never going to have a normal life. He wasn't going to fit the social norms of society at that time. He probably wasn't very well accepted by his own community or other communities. I would imagine he was really lonely. And actually behind the, the, the treasury, behind all the riches and the jewels and everything around him, probably very aware of the fact that when he was old, he wasn't gonna have children or grandchildren that were gonna look after him, which is how things worked in those days. He probably, he probably worried about his future, about being very lonely when he was older. And actually he didn't know, you know when, when, the, when the queen no longer needs him, what's gonna happen to him. And actually, by not having children, not conforming to the social stereotypes of that time, he was a bit of an outcast. And that must have been quite hard for him, quite a challenge for him, actually. And yet, he looks happy and joyful in this picture, and I'm sure that he was very loyal to his job. But I think that's how God saw him. I think God saw what was in his heart, and actually, that perhaps life wasn't as great as perhaps everybody thought it might be. So how did he open his eyes, open his ears, and open his mouth? Or how did he let the Holy Spirit do that for him? Well, the first thing is, when he saw Philip, the Holy Spirit opened his eyes to realize that Philip was somebody who could help him. Philip was somebody who was going to help him. He saw Philip running alongside his chariot. Philip speaks to him, and he doesn't just think, who's this crazy man running alongside this chariot? He welcomes him into the chariot. He allowed the Holy Spirit to open his eyes to say, do you know what? This person's going to help me and I'm going to let that happen. So he allowed the Holy Spirit to open his eyes so that he could be vulnerable and receptive. And sometimes when we're in a dark place, it's hard to be vulnerable and receptive. It's much easier to put on the bravado of I'm a treasurer, I'm wealthy, I'm all these things. But actually he allowed the Holy Spirit to open his eyes to that vulnerability that he had inside himself so that he could welcome this person onto his chariot. How did the Holy Spirit open his ears? Well, that's quite an easy one, really. He was struggling to understand this passage. And actually, by allowing the Holy Spirit to open his ears, when Philip spoke to him, it's very clear, isn't it, how his ears were opened and he could understand the gospel for the first time. He could understand that, that, that this passage was about Jesus. 
And then obviously, how did he open his mouth? Well, he utters those words, I want to get baptised. And I think this is really profound because I think he realised that by getting baptised, he was going to be able to be welcomed and accepted into the family of Jesus, which is something that he didn't have. He didn't have a family, he didn't have a community, he didn't have that security of the future. But by being baptised, what he was saying was actually, do you know what, this is it. This is my moment and I'm not going to waste another second just listening. I'm actually going to open my mouth and I'm going to speak. And I'm going to seize the day. I'm going to seize this opportunity and I'm going to say I want to be baptised because that whole process of being baptised is me saying I want to be a follower of Jesus. And that's just not me saying that in a, oh yeah, I want to be a follower of Jesus because it's very cool at the moment to be a Christian because you're one, Philip. But actually, this is going to change my life. I'm suddenly going to be welcomed and accepted for who I am. For this crazy, unusual person, I'm going to be accepted for who I am in, in the family of Jesus. And I think that's really deep and really profound that he was willing to say, I'll be baptised now because I want to prove I'm a follower of Jesus. And I think at the, when this happened, he would have had an entourage of people with him. He wasn't on his own. And they would have seen that testimony, that witness that he made at that point. And that was him saying, I want to change the way I live my life. And we know that this was really important because the closing sentence of that verse is, and the Ethiopian went away rejoicing or full of joy. And what that tells me is at the start, he wasn't full of joy and he wasn't rejoicing, but at the end he was. And baptism did that for him because he suddenly had a place. He suddenly had a had, was, was welcomed and accepted by Jesus, even if people around him weren't going to welcome him and accept him in the same way. And I think that's quite profound. So he was allowing Jesus to take control of his life and to worry about his future, and that filled him with joy. So he too opened his eyes, opened his ears, and opened his mouth. So if we think then, these two characters, how did they make this encounter count? Well, they both were bold, they both were open but in different ways so philip he allowed the holy spirit to open his eyes his ears and his mouth to open his eyes to look for this person to help to see how god saw this person he allowed the holy spirit to open his ears so that he could listen to god and be obedient to his call and he allowed the holy spirit to open his mouth so that he could be bold he could be strong he could be unashamed of the gospel um I don't know about you, but I'm never that bold. I wish I was. I wish I was as bold as that. I'm, I'm very good friends with someone that, some people that you might know, someone called Joey Mitchell. He used to be chaplain at our school. I went to London on a train with him once. He is very bold. And I've never been on a train with somebody as bold as Joey. He was talking to everybody, like literally, every, if you know him, you'll understand. He was talking to literally everybody about anything. And that boldness to just be able to open your mouth and speak is something that I pray that I can be more like because it was just wonderful to see. It was slightly embarrassing, I've got to admit. But, but he was just going for it. He didn't care. He talked to everybody and everything. Even they were looking at him going, why is he talking to me? But, but he was just, that's his way, you know. And we're not all like that, I know. But actually, I believe that if the Holy Spirit wants us to, if we're open to that, he can help us to be bold at the right time. You might be the person, though, that's struggling at the moment. And in your encounter, you might be the Ethiopian. You might be somebody that's thinking, actually, I don't fit. I don't feel like I fit the social norms of society and the ways of everybody else. You might be thinking, actually, I am really lonely and I don't know what's going on or I am concerned about something that's happening in the future. And that might be you too. 
And if it is you, then do you know what? You can allow the Holy Spirit to help you too. You can ask that he will help you to look, for, open your eyes to look for people who can help you. Open your eyes to look for people that can help you while you're being vulnerable and receptive. To open your ears to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you as he speaks to you through other people. And then to open your mouth so that you can respond with boldness and confidence and actually act on what someone has said to you to do. So the reason we went with eyes, ears and mouth was because when I started thinking about this talk, the next slide is a bit random, sorry. Um, I thought of the three wise monkeys, you know, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And this is kind of just the, the linchpin so that you can remember what we've talked about today. And we're kind of just turning that on its head. So instead of hearing no evil, seeing no evil and speaking no evil, what we're saying is actually I want the Holy Spirit to speak through me. I want the Holy Spirit to see through me and I want the Holy Spirit to hear through me. And I want to open my eyes, I want to open my ears. And I want to open my mouth so that the Holy Spirit can speak through me to help other people. So as we leave today and as we go into the rest of our week and as we start thinking about the next few months, weeks, we don't know what encounters we're going to have. And that's the beauty of them, isn't it? We don't know. Sometimes we do, though. Sometimes we know we're going to meet somebody for coffee in a few days' time and they're really struggling at the moment. Or we're really struggling and we're going to meet somebody for coffee. It could work both ways. And we don't know what, what that's going to look like. We don't know how that encounter is going to go. You know, I know there are people in this room right now who will be going off to university in September or starting A-levels or, or doing all sorts of things. You don't know what your encounters are going to be like. You don't know what's going to happen when you go to a new place and what that's going to look like. And actually, what we need to say is actually, whatever those encounters are going to be, let's be open to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us to either help us or to help other people. So in a moment, we're going to just have a little bit of a reflection time, just, and then I'm going to pray. Um, so if I can just have the last slide, Andy, please, thank you. And I'm gonna give us just 30 seconds now to close our eyes and just think about encounters that we might have that we know about that are coming up in the next few weeks or months. Or if we don't know what those encounters are, actually to be open so that if we do have an encounter, that we will respond through the Holy Spirit and not on our own. So let's have about 30 seconds just to reflect on that on our own, and then I'm just going to pray. So Heavenly Father, open our eyes that we may see the needs of others as well as our own needs and inadequacies. Open our eyes that we may see those who are sent to help us. Jesus, open our ears that we may hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Open our ears that we may hear God speaking to us through others. And Holy Spirit, open our mouths that we may speak the story of the gospel with boldness and confidence. Open our mouths that we may speak to others about the goodness of God and our blessing. 
and open our mouths that we may speak in response to what God has told us to do. Amen.